This is a Dreamcast disc and is for use only on a Dreamcast unit. Playing this disc on a hi-fi or other audio equipment can cause serious damage to its speakers. Dreamcast, up to six billion players. Welcome back to the stage of Why don't we play together? Hey, 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 it's time to make some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go. Please stop this disc now. What's up, everyone? And welcome to the 122nd episode of the Dreamcast Junkyard Dream Pod. Um, my name is James, and as usual, I am joined by some big, big names in the Dreamcast community. Um, I'll start off by introducing the man who is producing a um, an A to Z of Dreamcast games so long that it's going to include games that haven't even been announced yet by the time it comes out. Mike, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, regardless of what time people listen to this. How are you, sir? Uh, good evening, James. I'm, I'm good. I am good. How is the book coming along? Uh, it's it's going well. Um, I have well, I finished. You finished. Well, hold that thought then, and we shall come back to that a bit later on. Next up on my hit list is, um, is he now the the new Dreamcast junkyard daddy, Daddy Dreamcast, or is that still reserved for Tom? Um, I think uh, the new de facto leader of the junkyard um, is is taking over the impossible task of filling in for for the old school Tom Charnock. But welcome, Lewis. Hi, thank you. I wouldn't consider myself a leader, just someone who is a bit obsessed with the Dreamcast, and that's why um, I do it. <laughs> I think I think I speak on behalf of all of us in the staff group that you are the one corralling everyone together to make yeah. sure we're all uh, we're all on track. So uh, so yes, um, but I'm giving you a, a rest from hosting tonight, Lewis. So. Yeah, I, I don't like hosting. Oh shit, I said that on on on, on recording. Oops, um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, prefer you as host anytime, James. Oh, it's, 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 it's trying to butter me up already. Just just ready for my quiz later on. There's going to be no holds barred for that, I can oh, promise dear. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, our final guest tonight, um, and last but by no means least, is the newest still member of the Dreamcast Junkyard, um, but has probably contributed more than me over the past uh, 12 months. Um, Loza. Evening, evening all. Glad to be back. How are you, my friends? Oh, you know, yeah, hanging in there. Uh, all the better to be on the pod again, speaking to you chaps. Good, good, good. Um, we've got lots to get through this evening, um, as usual, um, on a Dreamcast uh, news episode. Lots of new things happening. Um, never a dull moment when it comes to the Dreamcast community, which is obviously amazing. Um, so, yeah, we've got a great show ahead for you. But obviously, we can't start DreamPod without asking some sort of question. Um, and I'm not good like Andrew with thinking up really smart questions uh, on the fly. So we're just going to go with the the standard, what have you been playing recently? And Loz, since I came to you last, I'll come to you first uh, to tell us all what's been uh, either in your disk drive or on your hard drive or however you consume your content these days. Well, aside from uh, doing a daily spin-off of Wordle that I do, um obsessively <laughs> uh i've been playing 
as always, it's it's just Dreamcast Online. So it was a bit of Daytona last night that uh, you were online for as well, James. Mm-hmm. Um, so I managed to get a couple of rounds in that worked. It's still a little bit, um, you know, it's still a bit finicky. But uh, yeah. yeah. I think with Daytona, even um, you know, even we, we know, obviously, bringing servers back online is always going to come with challenges, and it's it's uh, it's rare that these things work perfectly. But it does feel mm-hmm. like online was a bit tagged on in that game in general, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when it when it runs, though, I, I got to say, it's um, yeah, it's very smooth. It is great. It is great. It's just a shame that the cars handle like. I'm trying to think like a fridge. <laughs> it's not the most fun game to play. Lewis, how about you? What have you been? What crazy Japanese RPGs have been? Uh, have been you've been enjoying recently? Oh, um, it's not actually Japanese. I think I think the team who made it are like uh, from the Netherlands. But um, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, I you know absolutely blasted through that and completed it. I have a review coming for the blog, but all I can say is that game is basically. The, dream, the jet set radio that everyone's been wanting um, in all but name. Um, and I think there's a lot of people on Twitter or X, as it's called now, um, who share that sentiment, you know, who think that, you know, why wait for Sega to, to make a new jet set radio? This is so faithful to everything we love about jet set radio, but it's got 20 years of gaming innovation to make it a, a cooler and bigger game. So yeah, it's awesome. And I recommend anyone who listens to this podcast to check that out. Good stuff. What's that available on, Lewis? Is it Steam or is it consoles? Everything, or everything, yeah. I had it on S- Switch and uh, apparently that's the worst version, but I got it because it was the the console version that it was on first. It was like a mm. timed exclusive for that. But there is a, a beast mode setting which allows you to up the frame rate on the Switch. And you know what? It, it played pretty much flawlessly. Like I didn't have any slowdown or anything, so... Yeah, I, I think the Switch version's fine. You know, I I really enjoyed it. Well, the Switch does get some pretty bad ports, to be fair. <coughs> Mortal Kombat 1. <coughs> I'm sure we've all seen the largely hilarious screenshots that are doing the rounds at the moment. Mike, in my attempt to stereotype every single one of you, uh, any rally games or something like that you've been playing recently? You know me too well, James. You know me too well. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing WRC Generations nice. um, until EA... Uh, descend upon the rally world with their upcoming rally game i'm looking forward um, to that yeah it looks amazing looks uh the career mode options and things look really interesting so really do yeah looking forward to that uh but then i was only playing that until um the release of starfield um which mm-hmm. as a massive bethesda fan and skyrim fan um yeah absolutely love the game um as for Dreamcast, I've been going through some of the indie games recently. Uh, did Driving Strikers uh, review a little while ago, um, offline only for me, um, to really enjoying that, but also going back to some other ones in the last few years. So uh, Rocketron, which is an amazing Metroidvania uh, game on Dreamcast, which went under the radar for a lot of people, um, and a couple of other small indie games, which I think we're talking about later on, so I won't go into too much detail uh, yet yeah as 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 always there's always seems to be new games coming out for dreamcast mm. or announced for dreamcast so you know we've we've never had it so good as uh, as dreamcast players have we um 
but yeah, I'm on the WRC side, I'm super looking forward to that because I mean, it's Codemasters ultimately, isn't it? Although it's yeah. it's you know EA by name these days, it's Codemasters. So uh, be nice to uh, to go back to the rally roots, if you like, of console roots at least. So that should be good fun. All right, good stuff. Um, well, let's start off then. We've we've already mentioned Mike's book. Um, Dreamcast books have been a a plentiful artifact um, in the last few years as well, with obviously Andrew's books um, amongst others that have been released. Um, a new Dreamcast book hit the market. Um, I think it was this month, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't. Mm. Uh, it was in September, um, which is the um, the Dreamcast Encyclopedia. Um, which has been part of a of a wider series by Chris Scullion, who do basically I wouldn't call them reviews; they're more just kind of overviews of each game. Um, and he's he's basically published a Dreamcast version which covers every single um, game, including Japanese games that were released on the Dreamcast. So um, I I picked this up. I also had Chris's Mega Drive and the N64 version, um, and I've been flicking through it over the past um, the past few days. For me, I think it's it's really well put together, really really good. Um, he didn't rip Spirit of Speed 1927 too much either, mm. which is which is always good. But yeah, I know Mike Lewis, you guys got copies as well. So what have you? What have been your thoughts about the book so far? Yeah, uh, obviously we had we had Chris on the podcast um, I think last episode actually. Yeah, um, yeah. really nice guy and uh, obviously really knowledgeable and yeah, really good book. Just it's a bit more detail in each of the overviews um, than uh, his other books, at least from what I can and sort of remember. Um, I've got the Mega Drive book and I've had that for quite a while. It's a bit more in detail um, and. Lots of bits of humour put into it. Lots of sort of interesting bits. Yeah, really well put together book. Yeah, I think he was afforded a, a bit more print space in this one, given that there's the smaller library of titles on Dreamcast um, exactly. to cover. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. He definitely goes into a bit more detail. And yeah, the humour is definitely de- definitely doesn't go unnoticed, especially in the Japanese section when he's talking about the the numerous. Um, dating sims that exist on the uh on the console which uh yeah which i found quite amusing uh lewis how about you yeah i mean um i agree with you guys it's a great book it lo- looks lovely like just the the actual front cover and everything like it looks great on a shelf like it's a very good looking book and all the print quality is amazing and you know every page all the screenshots and the facts it's like you know if you're if you're new to the dreamcast i, I think kev kind of alluded to this on the last podcast like you know it's a kind of good good one to kind of you know flick through and be like oh what's that game i've never heard of it and you know find out some some new things because you know that as we all know and have gone on about loads on this podcast there's so many games that i get left behind a little bit with the dreamcast library and so you know it's good to kind of have a book that you know covers them all so yeah it's a great great book uh, well, you know congratulations to chris yeah definitely one thing i really liked about it is that he's got for every single game there's like a little um like blue circle that's got like an interesting trivia fact or something mm. about the game which is just something nice to you know just to have um yeah and they can be ranging from you know talking about maybe a cheat or something this in the game all the way down to the craziest facts and things that you find out about certain things and you know it's the, it's the little things like that that just show someone has actually put a bit of um, research and thought into something so yeah really impressive um 
book from Chris. And if you haven't got your copy yet, I think you can pick it up from Amazon and a few other places online as well. So, um, so yeah, definitely one to check out. Loz, is it is it something on is it on your Christmas list maybe, or are you uh, are you planning on picking it up beforehand? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will be. Um, I'm I'm currently in eating cold tins of beans mode before I remortgage a house, but um, <laughs> but the. Uh, the podcast actually really changed my mind. I, I wasn't going to pick it up because I thought it'd be a bit of a busman's holiday, you know, um, for folks if, if you already really, really know your stuff. But um, yeah, Chris came across as really personable in that um, podcast episode. And, you know, thinking about it, he's he's obviously got some really distinguished experience, you know, proper journalist chops. So I imagine the writing itself will be a treat. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to pick it up at some point. I do I do think like it is more of a beginner's guide to the Dreamcast, I'd say. Like if you I feel like it'd be better for someone who doesn't know loads about the Dreamcast, you know, um but it's still like a great a great thing to have for sure yeah the one i agree with that lewis i think one thing that is really good about it i kind of touched on it earlier on is that it's it's very objective in that it tells you what each game includes and what it's all about but it doesn't actually you know go into saying a game's amazing or saying that you know scathing a game for one thing or another yes he'll mention if games you know um aren't particularly great or if they weren't well received or whatever but as i said they're they're certainly not reviews but for every single game available on the dreamcast in the few paragraphs that he writes about each i think you'll get a really good understanding of what every game is all about um you know should you be looking at expanding your library in one way or another um so yeah as you say definitely recommended for that um for that reason and i think you know it's worth reiterating again you know we've we've been We've been spoiled almost in the last uh, three or four years with with Dreamcast books now as well. Um, I know I'm biased, but obviously with Andrew's year one and year two, um, featuring some amazing content and um, Chris's book now, and obviously Mike's Mike's book that is going to release at some point. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a good time to be a Dreamcast fan and plenty of uh, of, of nighttime reading for sure. Hmm. So whilst we're on the topic of books, then. Um, Mike, give us an update on where we are. Then let tell tell the world about the uh, the A to Z that you've been working on tirelessly for the last God knows how many years at this point. And and yeah, tell us where we are with things. Um, so it's all finished. Uh, I have had the last what nine months now, I think it is, uh, sort of editing and making sure it's actually readable uh, in some some uh, fashion. Um, so it's all it's all done. Uh, just waiting now for to see what my next steps are. Really, um, whether we'll, we'll actually self-publish them um, or, or go other other routes. Uh, nothing's decided as of yet. Um, but hopefully, within the next month or so, um, some uh, the next stages will be known. Uh, I think my so obviously we touched about Chris's book and things. Obviously, my writing quality is is nowhere near the standard of Chris. But the the A to Z is is probably for those people who do know Dreamcast. Um, it's very much for the people who want to collect uh, physical copies of games. Um, but I also put reviews in and score games. Um, I'm sure James 
didn't uh, like my scoring of Spirit Speed. Um, <laughs> although, I had to be fair, since I've made that review, my, my opinion has changed slightly on Spirit Speed. But, um, it's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those games that grows on you like a fungus. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, so there's reviews in, in there as well. Um, and it also includes, obviously, all indie games. So the last game in the guide uh, to have an entry is, is Dragon Strikers. Um, and all the upcoming games that have currently been announced, although in the world we live in at the current time, by the time this podcast goes out, two more will probably be announced, um, are also included. So, yeah, it's all done. It's taken a while. I mean, it's it's uh, end of a 13-year project now, um, and it's been five years since this form of guide was first done. But I think it's in a much better and more readable state now, uh, thanks to the um, efforts of, of various people, but Lewis, Loz, uh, Andrew, and Michael uh, helping me go through it all. So, yeah. And I suppose this has been a bit of an evolution, Mike, from the, you know, back looking back at the old, the relic of the, the Dreamcast Junkyard Collector's Guide that was available mm-hmm. for a very short period of time before Sega decided they wanted uh, to uh, to send us a cease and desist. But I, is that where the where this kind of, the, the origins started for this book? Yeah, very much so. So when I first, uh, first started doing it, it was just basically a way of keeping track of what I was collecting. Um, and there was nothing out there which had sort of every regional variety of gaming. So I, I sort of just, it was a list form, as it were. I had a habit of writing reviews for games for many years anyway, uh, back to when I was playing a lot of Mass System games and, and Necro games. So it was sort of evolution of that. Um, and then I think uh, Ross, one of our former um, podcast co-hosts, um, said once in a sort of offhand remark that it would be impossible to uh, review every Dreamcast game um, and include them in one book. So I sort of took that as a personal challenge. <laughs> you took that personally. I did, yeah. But the contents of the book is is pretty much the same as it was four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, it's just now in a in a more readable fashion. It's it's not a, a massive evolution since since that date. That was when the most of the work went in. I think I'm currently up to, I think it's four and a half hours and hours of um, editing on the guide. And that's pretty much most of that was in 2018. Um, since then, it's just been refined and, and trying different things out. Um, yeah. And as you said, you know, very much aimed at the collectors um, because, sure. you know, you've, you've got all the different variations of names um you've got all the different serial numbers presumably still in the in the new version of the book so obviously the different the different regions but then correct me if i'm wrong if there's also slightly different versions of the game as well that you've got the different um the different information for as well yeah so it's every every pal release which obviously includes different language releases yeah um you've got american releases uh, american variants um budget release in Japan, uh, indie games, indie limited editions. Uh, so, yeah, so I think it's in, in total, I, I don't actually know the full number now of how many games, different versions of games mm-hmm. there are, but I think there's around 1,500 yeah. um, different versions. So it is ultimately the the definitive list of Dreamcast games available for, from a collecting perspective, I think is a good way to put it, right? Yeah, it's definitely better than the guide I 
we, we produced, you know, what, nearly 10 years ago now. Um, it's definitely better than that. A lot of feedback from the community, a lot of people, feedback from people. So I think it's as good as, as is definitive, I hope. There's always going to be some bits I've probably missed out. There's going to be versions of games. I mean, an email just a few months ago um, of someone telling me there was a Dutch version um, of the PAL games I didn't know existed. So I've had quite a few of those emails. Um, I've included most of those. There are some I haven't got information about. So uh, until I have to see sort of a picture evidence of the game, um, I haven't actually included it in there. But there's also lots of little box sites in the guide um, which go through the information about you know, Brazilian games, games released in, in Eastern Europe, um, Australian releases, things like that. So um, lots of little bit of information. And hopefully it's... it's um, Hopefully people have approach the guide in the right way and people will know that you know, I'm not a professional writer. I do have a, a long um job I've got to do in my, my own life. Um but yeah, it's a lot of people have given really positive feedback on on social media. Um mainly driven from Lewis's cover, which is just looks superb. So whenever I post it on social media people are really interested. So Great. hopefully um it'll be uh, it'll be well received. Without uh, without putting you on the spot, Mike, do you have mm. any any sort of anticipation now in in timing for when this is going to be available for pre-orders or orders? Is are we talking the next few months, or are we talking sometime early next year? What, what's the what's the, the what's your feeling, or what would you like to achieve on it? I mean, I'm going to be doing test prints this month or October. Okay. Sorry, so um, we'll have those prints off. I a few people who've really helped me along across the the time we'll get some copies as well if i can uh, find somewhere to print them at a good cost um but then actually looking at what happens after that will be very much based on the feedback from that initial print so um if i think it looks good enough and if people think it looks good enough then we'll go further um i've always uh said that the pdf version of the guide will be released um at some point in the future as well so uh yeah there's a few avenues to go down about whether um where we go through in terms of getting it printed and, and, and published as it were but uh yeah no definite date yet but i would imagine time frame wise you're probably looking at, at very late on this year or early next year for a general release as it were fantastic well i will um i'm gonna wait for reviews before i put an order in mike just just, <laughs> just not gonna blindly commit I, I joke of course um but no i think i think yeah i speak behalf, on behalf of the uh the community at large when i say it'll be uh it'll be great to finally get this um into people's hands and uh and yeah get people enjoying a uh, another piece of of dreamcast literature all right um let's we're moving on at a pace now we've got so much to get through uh, on this show so moving on then to the you know the the thing we all really love to do on our dreamcast which is play games and luckily for us there's been plenty of new releases um announced or or available um in the recent uh, the recent last few weeks um the first one, I'm going to come back to you again, Mike, because I believe you've uh, this. This was another game that kind of held up the A to Z a little bit with regards to you making a new spot for it, um, and that was the Kickstarter announced by Nape Games um, for a game called Super. Is it Camber? Um, yeah. Which is available on multiple platforms, but um, obviously a Dreamcast version is included in the Kickstarter as well. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, so I, I don't think as of yet there's much information about what Dreamcast version of this game is going to be. Um, but basically, Super Camber is a game 
I think Nate Bings announced it about three years ago um, on Steam. Um, it's still not released on Steam. Um, I, I, for some reason, I read the entire the game title as Super Camembert, so I thought it was a cheese-based um, <laughs> superhero. But of course, I'm reliably informed that Cambo is Spanish for banana. So um, in, in essence, this is Banana Man, uh, for those of us who have hey. a, a uh, memory of 80s British TV. Um, but yeah, so it's it's the game on Steam is an RPG. It has a sort of a, I don't know, I don't want to say Flash game look to it, because that sounds a little bit derogatory, but it does have that sort of slightly amateurish look to it on the game they announced for, for Steam many years ago. Um, but that was actually subtitled Super Camber, The Sacred Orbs. The one they've announced now, um, I believe, is subtitled Hero from the Multiverse. So I imagine it's probably a slightly different game. Um, if we're going on Nate Games' previous Dreamcast items, um, they've just been Dreamcast ports of the NES versions of the games. Um, they've always released games in sort of a Mega Drive style, a, a SNES style, and modern platforms. And then a sort of a, a I say D-make, but an 8-bit style one as well. We usually get those. So I imagine we're going to get some kind of, and this probably sounds like I'm trying to predetermine what Nate Games are going to announce, but I imagine it will be some form of uh, side-on RPG 8-bit um, game made in Nestmaker and ported to Dreamcast, uh, which is not a bad thing. Nate Games have released a couple of games in the past on Dreamcast, Ployd and Reckonum. Um, Ployd was pretty poor, to be fair, but Reckonum was was actually pretty good fun. So, yeah, it, it's it, it's always good to have new Dreamcast games. Um, I would like us to get away from maybe having NES ports as single ports to the Dreamcast. I think it's not necessarily reflective of what the indie scene can do. I think quite a few of them bundled together would probably be better, better value for Dreamcast fans. Um, but a good game's a good game. So hopefully we can have something quite interesting from uh, from this game. Yeah, for sure. Is this on your radar, Lewis, Lars, either of you thinking of picking this one up? Um, I, to be honest, I doubt I'll get it out the gate because there's so many indie games. And I think we're at a stage now where I don't feel, yeah, I don't, I don't feel obliged to, to, to buy Dreamcast, you know, every Dreamcast indie released. Um, I mean, it's nice to support, small time devs of course but um yeah i it, something has to really jump out at me i think i'm in the same boat as mike if if this game and maybe what is it ployed and Reckonum, you know a couple of other nes games were bundled together mm-hmm. um for you know 30 quid or something um then i'd i'd probably be tempted to go for that but uh yeah. under the current guys i mean like I don't know how much this one's up for, but I mean, if it's a standard price for an indie game, it'll be like 30 quid or more. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a really good point you made, uh, Loz, with regards to, the, you know, there's so many indie games now available on Dreamcast. Um, the novelty almost of ju- just playing it on a Dreamcast is, is not as, you know, as strong as it was maybe 10, 15 yeah. plus years ago. Um, so I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same as you. I'm not a collector, and for an indie game to really 
jump out at me to buy it on Dreamcast. I'm looking at an original title that's made for the Dreamcast. I, you know, personally, I'm not a huge fan of games that are just ported over for the sake of porting them over to Dreamcast. Um, mm. But yeah, I do think that it's certainly a, people are a bit more picky, I would guess, in, in the decisions that they make with regards to what um, what indie titles they pick up. Um, I mean, Mike, I, I presume you're going to get it from a from a collecting standpoint either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I will, obviously I'm still pretty much complete on the uh, the indie side of stuff, and I do enjoy you know, supporting the, the studios and the discs because obviously if we don't support them, there'll be no games at all. But it is it is difficult to get excited about uh, NES games being ported to Dreamcast when you've got things like Xeno Crisis out there, which are just you know yeah. top notch. Uh, experiences but saying that you know we've had um low-tech games uh, release flea and and take one disco puzzle those two games are really good so again the quality is down to the actual developer itself so yeah. hopefully they'll be quite good I, f- I find it's a lot of like word of mouth like you know i mm. i gave flea a go well i bought it and, and played it you know because mike you you played it it was like this is actually really good and i yeah. think in a way that game's almost become unofficially kind of a dreamcast uh indie that you know is is quite you know well loved you know and talked yeah. about um whereas like you were saying james again it's like it's not just be- it can't you know now it can't just be we've put this on the dreamcast you must play it it's yeah. okay why should we play it you know it i feel like we're in a, a position now where we kind of ha- can are able to um you know pick and choose and you know but hopefully you know this will be a good game you know uh let's see yeah i think the thing as well is that some of the the best indie games in the last couple of years because there's been so many have completely gone under the radar talked about rocketron earlier on but quite a few of josh pod's games pixel heart games in the last few years have been really really good um and they've just gone under the radar a little bit i think sometimes these nes ports i, I just feel sometimes that that takes away from games like Rockets One, which are actually really quite impressive um, in how they run on Dreamcast and, and the actual technology behind them. So, yeah, it's yeah, the indie. Uh, look, none of us can complain. The indie scene's alive and kicking. So, hopefully, we've got many, many more games to come out. And you know, there's, there's, we've still got twenty five projects that are currently announced that are still in development. So. Plenty of games coming. Mike could best get started on work for his supplement. Don't tell him because he just needs to draw a line under it. Yeah. Um, whilst we're talking about Nate games, um, and I, I, you guys mentioned uh, Reckonham and, and Ployd, they are available again to pre-order um, on the VGNY Soft uh, website. I believe they're reprinting, um, re- republishing a load of games. So um, yeah. again, if if they are games that uh, you didn't manage to get. Um, then obviously they are available now to pre-order again. Um, should you want to do so in the US only? Yeah, US only. Yeah, I know sometimes they have like other websites they put them on, but a lot of the time with VGM Ysoft, you're not getting it if you're out outside the states, I guess. Yeah, they are really good. I mean, they they work quite well with Wave, don't they? As well, uh, bringing yeah. Wave games out to America. So um, that always is potentially a sign that. Uh, Maybe Wave may pick up uh, previous Nate games and re-release them as well. You never know. Hopefully, yeah. For sure. Um, Sticking with the indie scene then, and probably one of, if not the best, uh, indie publisher on the Dreamcast, 
which is uh, Wave Game Studios. Um, they are, have a well, they, they announced a couple of months ago now, I think, um, that they are producing the third demo disc in their their um, their series of of what they call debug demos. Um, and the best news for all Dreamcast fans is that the demo disc is completely free. I think you just have to pay for postage. Um, so you can pre-order your disc now by going to wavegamestudios.com and searching for the Dreamcast Indie Sampler, and you will find a number three available on there. It's quite exciting because we have no idea what's going to be on this disc yet, um, which, uh, you know, is... Uh, is is taking me back to when I was a teenager waiting for the, the next demo disc and having no idea what's going to be available to play on there. Um, and we'll, we'll have a bit of speculation in a second, but it's just worth mentioning, you know, what a great job Wave are doing, you know, not only to publish games, but to promote. We just talked about how a lot of these games go under the radar. Um, and I think obviously in in the modern era it's easy to put a demo available online and people can download it and rip it to a, a cd or play it on their gdmu or whatever but again there's just we said this before there's just something nostalgic isn't there about having a demo disc that you can you know rip the cellophane off and put it in your dreamcast and just sort of dabble with the the, the various different releases and i think um from my experience of playing the first two demo discs that, that Wave released, it, it felt very much like a demo disc from from back in the day. Um, and obviously, they exclusively focus on on these the upcoming um, and currently available indie games. We've seen the likes of Xenocider, Driving Strikers, uh, Intrepid Izzy, Shadow Gangs, um, and most recently, we even saw the um, uh, the upcoming. Um, uh, dungeon crawler called Harlequest, um, which is going to be uh, super. Well, super excited to see that game. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think is going to be on this demo disc? Then again, just to put you on the spot, any ideas as to what you think we might see? Well, I think that the exciting thing for this is that I actually, you know, I have no clue because the thing with with Wave is on the previous um, uh, demo disc, they've kind of had things that we sort of expected, um, you know, like I, ex- you know, Shadow Gangs, you know, they'd already released that, Intrepid Izzy, they'd already released that. So it's kind of like, obviously, they're giving people a taste, you know, who haven't got it, you know, to say, you know, play it through and see what you think and then obviously purchase the full thing. Um, so, but Wave have kind of wrapped up those, this kind of batch of releases. I know obviously Harley Quest is going to come in the future once that's ready, but, I know, like we, I think we, us guys here in the team know there's like things coming from Wave. I don't actually know exactly what it is, but that's like the kind of exciting thing for me is that I, I don't, I genuinely don't know. Um, and just one thing to add as well is on the second one, they put the uh, tunnels uh, demo, oh, yeah. um, which is really cool because that's a thing that obviously you'd have to put on a GDMU or, you know, maybe do all kind of like technical mumbo jumbo to play that. But obviously for the people who just want to stick a, a disc in a Dreamcast, they get a chance to play that as well. So that's really cool. And like, hopefully, probably, it, you know, it'd be good to have an, you know, that kind of homebrew showcase on, you know, this one as well. So that'd be cool to see something like that as well. But yeah, I'm really excited to find out what's what's yeah. coming for this. I'd love to see more of Harlequest. I've got no insider knowledge on this at all, mm-hmm. but um, 
I'd lo- obviously development of that is progressing. I'd love to see more of that game. The demo that we saw on this, the um, the second sampler was was just kind of a well, it's proof of concept demo, really, just kind of showing the the character models and, and a couple of dungeons. But I think I'd I'd really really like to see some more of that game. Um, obviously, there's there's plenty of of games that Wave do. Um, or did release for Dreamcast that we've not seen sort of demos of in the past. You look at the likes of Postal, maybe, um, Alice Dreams Tournament, potentially, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, uh, Lewis, the, this could be literally anything. I have no idea what is going to be on here. Um, anything on your wish list, Loz? Oh, I've got a massive wish list. But um, what, what I'd really like is for them to not announce what's going to be on there until it's in people's hands. <laughs> it's probably a much better marketing move for them and makes sense that they, they kind of they announce one game at a time, um, yeah. building up to release. But I think it'd be really cool if you actually didn't know what was going to be on there until you had the thing come through your post box or you had someone ruin the surprise on, um, you know, on Discord <laughs> or Twitter or, so, or somewhere. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite, um, yeah, I'm quite excited as well because as Lewis was saying, they, they have kind of wrapped up their current round of games and, um, they seem to be having a bit of an effort to, um, liquidate the stock that they have of some of their older games you know they've been having some sales recently they've been announcing that they're kind of in signal digits so it feels like they're getting ready for the next thing i mean there's some games that have been you know that have been kicking around for a while that i'd love for them to actually come out of hibernation and get finished like um that non non casual encounter there was a there was a demo of that a while back i think that'd be really interesting um I know PC Wizard was banging on about, um, I think, was it called Legend of the Blade Masters, which was like a, f- a full cancelled proper commercial game. And, and I think he was, you know, hooking Wave up with them. So who knows? I mean, maybe you'll, maybe you'll open the disc and there'll just be that full game on there and, and it's just given away for free, something like that. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cool. Well, they, they have teased that there will be, um, I think, three playable demos on the desk. Yeah. So so we know we're getting three. Um, but yeah, your guess is as good as mine as to what those three games are going to be. But I think it's due it's due. It's due to be released in um, in November, so I think you know we'll, we'll probably hear what the first game is relatively relatively shortly. I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely one to uh, to to keep um, keep eyes on for sure. All right, um, a few more a few more gaming um, bits of news. Then, um, Lewis, do you want to take us through the the Rainbow Cotton remake? Um, I think this is one that that's uh, more up your street than mine. So um, why don't you talk to us about Rainbow Cotton and and what we can expect on Dreamcast from uh, from this game? Yeah. So um, in the past, the the shooter series Cotton has been receiving modern remakes. Um, I think they've pretty much covered everything from like the Mega Drive to you know this the Saturn game. Um, like oh, they've covered all of them, and obviously the next kind of in that that line would be the Dreamcast game. Um, Rainbow Cotton is a game that looks amazing. And, you know, when you when you first boot it up, you think this is this is like, wow, like how was this game left in Japan? Um, and then you soon find out that the controls are 
uh, dog shit, um, <laughs> which is a shame. It's such a shame because it's such a good looking game. Like it looks amazing on the Dreamcast. Like pro- possibly one of the best looking games on the Dreamcast. And then you've got these controls are basically when you move the analog stick, if you let go, it puts you back into the center. So you're literally there, like pushing the analog stick you know just to stay on one side of the screen Mm. and then also your character in the middle kind of blocks a lot of what you're trying to shoot at so it is a flawed game but and this is the kind of thing that that makes this remake so intriguing um that's coming to modern gen switch xbox uh playstation is that it's being worked on by i believe the person's name is andreas scholl Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but they previously worked on the Burning Rangers remake, which it looks really good. And when we tweeted out about this, you know, I sort of put on Twitter, like kind of in in jest, like, oh, I hope they fix the wonky controls. And he (laughs) confirms that actually, yeah, it's going to have improved controls. This could be the the definitive version of Rainbow Cotton, even, you know, more so than the original. (laughs) So that's really exciting. This was a, uh, a Dreamcast exclusive, right, when it was mm. uh, originally released. So it's yeah. going to be the first time that we'll see the game on a platform outside of Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. One to tick off the list. I wonder how many other games are now on Dreamcast that have never been, that were once exclusive to the console and, and have yet to be uh, to be seen elsewhere. That could be a good article one day, couldn't it? That sounds like you're uh, volunteering for that one, James. Shall we say, um, you know, give you what forty-eight hours? That's yeah, that's I'm sure I can, yeah. I can, I can turn that around for sure. <laughs> um, so, the final couple of updates we've got then from a games perspective, um, one of which just screams at me with uh, that reminded me of the whole my dad's brother works for Nintendo or something like that. Um, <laughs> so, we had on Reddit a claim by a relative of an ex Sega employee to have a copy of Far Nation that they are willing to rip or record footage of. Um, so, for those who maybe aren't aware, so Far Nation was a cancelled Dreamcast game, right? From, from 2001. Yeah. Uh, someone posted to Reddit basically rounding up all of the knowledge they have about this unreleased game it was billed as the first console mmo and there's like no screenshots of it and there's all this other information we'll we'll link the reddit uh, post in the show notes but someone like kind of out of thin air replied and said i live in san francisco and i have a collection of games i was taking pictures of some rare things to send and i came across this game which led me to this thread Figured I would show it off here for the three people interested. Um, I mean, there's four people in this podcast, so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, so they shared the uh, the GD ROM disc, um, and for, sure enough, it is Far Nation. And um, someone asked, like, you know, how do you have this? And they said a member of my family used to work for Sega for over a decade. Uh, you can catch their name in the credits of some games. Lewis, I believe you've spoken to this person. Yeah, there's not much to update. I feel like I've kind of got the insider scoop, but I really don't. Um, (laughs) uh, So basically, I I reached out to them. They appreciated the interest, and um, they do intend on showing and grabbing the contents of the disc. Um, But that was like, I don't know how long ago that was, like July. So they've not done that since. I think PC Wizard also tried to reach out to them as well. So it's 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 the case of just i guess waiting and uh, 
wouldn't want to, you know, put too much pressure on the poor person. Like, you know, they've probably got a life outside of Dreamcast. But um, yeah, it'd be really cool to to see even like like I say, like it didn't have any screenshots or any kind of anything to do with this game ever has been seen. So it'd be cool to even see some concept art or or something just to, you know. Yeah. yeah, it it seems a it seems an odd choice of game to like if you were going to hoax something. Mm. It seems an odd mm. choice of game, right? It's not the sort of thing that many people would even know what what the game was. So it does seem like a strange thing to to have said if it's not real. Yeah, but obviously the proof will be in the pudding. I'm optimistic that that's a real development, GD ROM. I mean, it might be you know who knows what's on there it, it could be super super early stuff you know that that will not be that impressive but I, I i i can't imagine under what circumstances i mean there are some weird people out there let's be honest but but you'd have to be pretty weird to fake to to want to fake that you've got a copy of fire nation uh, i suspect it may be the case that yeah as lewis says they they may just have you know they've got a job and other things to be getting on with, and and if you don't know how to rip, I th- I think you need to have um, system disc too. That's it, Mike. Yeah, you need to have like the proper proper equipment to to rip it. So I'm still fairly hopeful it might we might see something at some point, but um, yeah. I believe that maybe they mentioned that they they, they have someone living close to them with System Disc Two, don't they? Yeah, I've got System Disc Two. If they want to send it to me, I'll, I'll run it. <laughs> I still need, I still need to rip my my rip my version of Giant Killers with a different introduction sequence. Yeah, well, it's it's always nice to see unreleased stuff, and and again, I feel like that's another area we've been pretty spoilt with over the last couple of years. It seems that there's been so many you know unreleased hidden Dreamcast games that have just been discovered and, and dumped. Um, so yeah, another one to look forward uh, to look forward to seeing hopefully at some point and just see uh, yeah see see what, what sort of state it's in even is it even in anywhere near sort of you know not saying playable but at least a point where we can see a menu or something would be uh, would be nice for sure. Um, the final thing on the games front then um, is around another port over to the the Dreamcast and. You'll remember that we had Open Lara and the port of, Dream of um, Tomb Raider one fairly uh, fairly recently. I think that was in the last twelve eighteen months or so, wasn't it? Mm. And Mister Neo over on the Dreamcast Talk forum now has um, has started to work on the Wipeout port using the source code that that was released. Um, so yeah, years later, after being envious of PlayStation owners playing Wipeout, we might actually get to see wipe out um on the dreamcast and i believe it is actually running on dreamcast now isn't it yeah um the sega guru has a a video of it playing so that's that's worth checking out yeah um so yeah we're seeing quite a few of these kind of um as the source code gets released we're seeing a few of these things ported over to the dreamcast what about um Wipeout, then is that a series that you guys remember fondly or is it something that again is just it, it's a PlayStation thing that didn't really interest you. I, I think Wipeout was immensely cool when I was a kid, mainly because of the soundtrack. Yeah, it screams 90s edginess, doesn't it? Oh my God, yeah. To be fair, it holds up. Like I, I think the Wipeout 2 especially was, was amazing. And there was a couple of PSP releases which were really decent as well mm. uh, and well worth playing. I, I no longer have a PSP, so I can't play those. But um, yeah, if you do, well worth checking out. 
Yeah, so I, I I didn't miss out on it because I did have PlayStation consoles as well. But I believe the first Wipeout had a release on the Saturn, but I don't yeah. know if it was a poor cousin of the of the PS1 version. It doesn't run particularly brilliantly. Mm. Although yeah. the Saturn fans will come for me again if I say that. So <laughs> yeah, it was the um, it was the sequel, wasn't it, that became really synonymous with PlayStation? I think it's fair to say. What, what was the Those, sequel called again? Twenty ninety seven. That's right. Yeah. That's on the Saturn as well. Oh, is it really? Yeah, that's not too bad actually on the Saturn. It's the the Saturn version. That one's not too bad. It's the first one's just you know it sort of suffers from that first wave of Saturn games where they were all a little bit uh, a little bit um, muddy. Shit. Let's say, yeah, well, yeah, I was trying to be, I was trying to be polite, but uh, yeah, I, I, I must admit, I always, I, I, now you've said it, I remember they were available on the Saturn, but I, I always associate these games with PlayStation. I always yeah. have done, and and yeah, mm-hmm. they, they do definitely feel very PlayStation-y to me. But yeah, good to see it running. Obviously, you know, again, the more the more things we can see running on the Dreamcast from a curioso perspective is obviously good, and it's um, it's just nice to see it running. I'm just watching the Sega Guru's video now on it, and it runs really smooth as well to be fair looks really nice so yeah definitely one to check out um as i said if you're interested in that go and have a look on um the dreamcast talk forums um and you'll find the thread on there which has got you know all the updates and and details of of where to check it out um a few more things just to cover off then um before we bring this uh or start to wind this episode down from a hardware perspective then we've seen a few new bits of hardware that um that have been um uh, made available recently. Um, first of all, we've seen the uh, we've covered it on a previous show the VM2 memory cards VMUs, which is basically a completely overhauled VMU. Looks very well. Looks exactly the same as an original, with the exception of um, of a few little details. Um, have you guys pre-ordered this? Is this on your um, is this on your list of things to get, or are you happy slumming it with a standard VMU with no battery? The the price is a little bit too rich for me. Yeah. So what were these retail now? I forget. I think it was like a hundred. Yeah. I think it was about a hundred. Yeah. And 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 when when it was first announced, I remember that being quite a talking point. But Chris seems to have the the number of orders that he's had is yeah. I think I think is even higher than. I think he smashed his goal. Yeah, so this was on Indiegogo, and they they got one just over a thousand backers, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a hundred pound. That was the early bird, so it's one hundred and twenty pound normally. Yeah. Um, I mean, so. it looks lush, and Derek's uh, quite friendly with Chris, and seems mm. to kind of get some uh, previews of how things are going, and he shares them in the Junkyard Discord amongst other places. Mm. And I mean, it lo- it looks. It looks amazing. I haven't ordered one myself, but yeah, at some point I may do. Does look really nice. You know, they've kept the design of it. You know, as I said, pretty spot on to the original. Um, for those who are, who aren't aware, then it's um, it has a backlit LCD screen with a higher resolution. It has a, a standard internal memory storage, same as a normal VMU, but it also has the ability for micro SD to be um, to obviously expand that that storage off and presumably make it easier to transfer data to and from um, PC if if that's one of the things you want to do. A yeah. um, number of other features as well, including, you know, higher capacity batteries and, and things like that. So it's a, a very, very premium, should we say, product on the Dreamcast. Um, I'll be interested to see how or what people start to think 
think of these as they come out. Maybe maybe people actually start playing some VMU games on it now. It's got a battery that can be recharged as opposed to uh, to having to uh, to change it. But um, but yeah, good to see projects like this um, succeed. Shows there's a market for them. And yeah, any thoughts? Any other thoughts from anyone else on these? It's one of those things where it's like. You know, often people try and sell me on the idea of like, you know, purchasing something like the Retro Tink, which is an expensive product, but it's this idea that you pay that money and that should, you know, forever make your games look good. Well, this should forever be like the only VMU you'll ever need. I think that's the idea Mm. that kind of would maybe justify the price slightly more. Also, you know, it's it's a a labour of love kind of uh, project, so it's not going to be, you know cut costs like if it was you know by like a big company um but yeah we look forward to getting it you know it's imminent so it's exciting it's probably cheaper than buying a fantasy star 4x memory card anyway i would imagine <laughs> these days mm. so yeah there's yeah. always that going for it the other thing on the hardware front then is um some of you will be very familiar with the striker dc um dreamcast pad that was released um a good while ago now i think there's been pretty good reception for that controller in something that kind of modernizes the Dreamcast controller whilst kind of keeping the same sort of feel. Um, Lars, I believe you um, created a post about this on the Dreamcast Junkyard blog um, around their latest um, development, which is a wireless version of the Striker DC pad. Yeah, indeed. And and um, the, the key point for me is that um, it's not just the existing Striker DC wireless. There are other quality of life improvements that, as far as I'm concerned, make it, um, you know, make, make it a lot more interesting and, sh- and should increase customer satisfaction. Because the, the fact of the matter is that with, with the original Striker DC, although reports of people being able to get replacements and refunds you know custom service was tip top but there were some kind of fundamental flaws with it in the sense that the trigger buttons were notorious for breaking um i think a lot of people weren't too keen on the analog stick but mm. but the creators have specifically addressed those um those issues and so it's the striker dc with quite a handful of, of good quality of life improvements and it's wireless so and it, it, they're like i think it's 50 dollars or something I, th- I think it should be pretty competitive i mean there's there's a plethora of options now available i mean mm. I, I came across the blue retro the other day i hadn't even heard of that before and then of course you've got the um but the wingman the wingman sd i mean there's lots of options out there but i think this one at 50 dollars if if it does deliver what it promises on these improvements then i think it could be really decent yeah that's a really good price point actually and um you know again that the prices of, of of real dreamcast hardware just keeps going up and up and up uh, i've not checked recently what a controller is but i'm sure they're probably getting close to the to the 20 30 quid mark now for a dreamcast controller so mm. um so yeah sooner rather than later these are going to be you know potentially better options um do you know i remember in the in the dreamcast heyday of you know early 2000s um after the dreamcast was dead i remember buying this must have been about 2005 2006 i remember buying a, a load of dreamcast controllers off ebay they were brand new didn't have a box but they were in the you know the little bag with all the um 
cable ties around it, brand new controllers. And they were, I think I bought about four or five of them and they were the equivalent of about three pound each. Yeah. And I wish I bought more now. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Have you, um, have you got the, the wired version of this controller then, Loz? No. And, and, um, and specifically for, uh, for the reasons I said, I, I, I was interested in it, but I tend to wait until these things are released and then see what others have said. And there were just so many folks saying that the um, triggers were breaking. Yeah. And as I say, they were getting replacements if they wanted them and, and the like, but, but it, it seemed like for me, I, I couldn't be bothered with that. So I just gave yeah. it a miss. I think uh, Brian uh, said on a previous podcast, like he had that previous controller, he was using it, got it replaced, broke again, maybe got it replaced a second time. But it's like, there's only so much you can do with that. And it seems almost like this is their way of replacing that controller. Um, The one weird thing that we've not mentioned is that the vmu has its own little like cradle oh, thing. Yeah, yeah i thought that was quite cool um which is interesting it i would imagine it'd like uh be a bit weird if you try to play like for a four player game um like how would that work i guess you could like load your save pull it out and then like put another controller in i don't know but um yeah that's so that's a bit weird and but um the the one thing actually just just to mention is I, I guess that's because people reckon it's because like they try to test like a version, a wireless version with like a VMU in it. Um, but there was some kind of like latency uh, with like the, yeah. the loading or something like that. I know there's some kind of technical jargon that I'm yeah. not quite sure on. But it, it, that, it definitely yeah. is. It's basically because um, uh, if your VMU is wirelessly connected and your connection for whatever reason gets interfered with or interrupted mid save or load it could um yeah ah, it could right. mess yeah. mess your mess your saves up Makes i believe sense. Yeah. um although the aforementioned chris who who's creating the vm2 he he has his own wireless controllers that mm. he does and those have wireless vmus but but they're considerably more expensive so may, maybe it's a kind of cost thing as well Yes, looks like a nice product. Um, it, things like this never really appealed to me as someone who, if I'm playing Dreamcast, it's because I want the nostalgia of holding an uncomfortable Dreamcast controller in my hands. But yeah, for anyone who, who wants a more ergonomical solution, definitely, definitely one to look at. Moving on then, so we've got a few very quick bits of news in the online space of, of, of Dreamcast, the Dreamcast world of online. Um the 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 new um or rather the uh, the list of of features and and uh, and games that are available online uh, keeps increasing um Floygen brothers is the latest game to have its um its online features restored which is great um certainly from the the, the standpoint of preservation and experience in these things how they were meant to be experienced in the past again it's something that probably most people won't want won't bother with it doesn't have multiplayer or anything like that um but the game did have a number of different sort of monthly downloadable content um elements um which are yeah now available to be able to download it which to download it onto 
Ubuntu or VMU, which is um, which is great. Um, and obviously, the more of these sorts of things we can see and, and being able to access them organically, if you like, as opposed to finding a VMU save and just updating your VMU with that information um, is really, really good. Um, and yeah, a game which probably a lot of people have, have never even played um, with Floygan Brothers. But um, but yeah, Loz, you're a big uh, fellow advocate of the online community. So it's great, isn't it, to see more of these sort of features become available? It's Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I mean, <laughs> in this particular instance, you're completely right. I've never played the game. <laughs> and so um who knows i mean this might this might um spur me on to to give it a try it's not that significant for this game because it's just there's an online chat i think and then you can like you can swap save files and the like but but yeah it's um it, it's just that i just take it as another sign that shuoma is still in the business and hopefully that means that he's he's gonna crop up with Bomberman at some point yeah, Neto to tennis, Bomberman, Speed Devils Online. We've got a whole list for him that I'm looking forward to playing. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully he'll be listening to this podcast. The final thing I just want to mention before we uh, we we wrap up is it was the the US birthday of the Dreamcast um, not so long ago. Of course, nine nine ninety nine was the most um, infamous of all three launch dates. I think it's fair to say. And so, yeah, the Dreamcast turned 24. So, yeah, I guess I didn't really have many memories of the Dreamcast from the American launch. Didn't at the time, anyway. It didn't really, uh, it didn't really mean anything to me. Um, but looking back at it now, I think uh, it's fair to say that they absolutely struck gold with that marketing campaign, didn't they? Nine nine ninety nine. Could you yeah. have got lightning in a bottle any better than that? It's, it's such a good date, isn't it? I saw people online saying how that date kind of just rings in their head, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the most memorable of the three launch dates, I think. It was great to see the community just sort of celebrating. I know some people got a bit upset about it not being <laughs> the official birthday of the Dreamcast because, you know, God forbid we recognize anything other than the Japanese launch date. Um but yeah, I think it's it's always nice to celebrate each of the launch dates separately because, of course, they mean something to everybody, right? A lot yeah. of people who picked up the Dreamcast would probably have not even realized it was released in Japan in 1998. A lot of us did. A lot of us were waiting for the PAL version to be released. Some people would have picked it up on import, I'm sure. Um, but that's the nice thing about looking back with that, those nostalgic goggles on and, you know, what each launch meant to you. Um, and yeah, I think it's hard to, as we said, to, to look over the, um, the American launch, just given that iconic release date that they, uh, they managed to get. And I think um, in the interview that Tom and I did with Peter Moore, he, he sort of, um, he talked quite a bit about the, the American launch, obviously, and the, the, the campaign, the, the It's Still Thinking campaign and everything that they did. So probably, yeah, worthwhile going back and looking at that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to celebrating the, the UK launch personally because that's the one that means the most to me. How about you guys? Is it is it? Do you have more affinity with the PAL launch or do you look back more fondly at the American or Japanese launch dates? I, I think we should make more of a deal of the, the date on which Sega announced a discontinuation of the Dreamcast. You know? <laughs> we could uh, all dress in black and carry a coffin through the streets or something. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, as I do the social media, I have to like all dates equally. Um, <laughs> I have to be objective, yeah. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to stay out of the flame wars on Twitter there. Yeah. Um, well, that, that wraps up the news for today. Um, obviously, loads going on in the Dreamcast world, as we said, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, it's always good to come together and do a news pod um, just to kind of collate everything that's been going on over the last few weeks and months and just sort of have a little chat about it so um have to extend my thanks to Lars for pulling together all of the various bits and pieces but I think it's time now to move on to the thing that we've all been waiting for um everything up to this point was just sort of a a prelude and a bit of a ramble up to to the point where we get to drum roll please and I need Lewis to edit in some sort of fancy music or something but it is the Dreamcast 20 questions quiz so for those who are not familiar with the quiz maybe you missed the last time we ran it um i have have got a dreamcast release in my mind it's actually sat in front of me here and it is the job of my fellow panelists to work together and let's clarify that this time after we had a bit (laughs) of misunderstanding last time to work together to figure out which dreamcast game we are talking about um the dreamcast game is it's a it can only be a retail release so it can't be a an indie game or anything like that but it is a game that might have released in any of the three regions um three territories that the games uh the games officially came out in the the panelists so lewis mike and Loz, they can only narrow this down by asking yes or no questions and ultimately they've only got 19 questions to narrow it down and their 20th question has to be a guess as to what it is um the team is so far they are 0 and 1 because um i think it was you Loz and mike wasn't it who spectacularly failed um on the first 20 questions that we ran yeah so let's hope with the with the inclusion of lewis this week the team um get a little bit uh, a little bit closer to uh, to success so you're working together it's a dreamcast game that was released con- in the contemporary period um and and yeah, that's pretty much all you need to know. So I will allow you to start asking your questions and I will keep note of them. I, I'll go straight out the gate, if, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm going to yeah. just ask, um, was it released in all territories? No. Mm. Okay. So it's going to be either PAL or American exclusive or Japanese exclusive. Uh... Or it could have been in two territories. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I ask? Yeah, can I ask the next one? Uh, it'll, it'll narrow it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it was it released in two territories? No. There we go. So it's going to be an exclusive to one. And I, I reckon, knowing, well, I could be completely wrong on this, but knowing James, I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't a PAL or American game. Mm. Or it could be a it could be an obscure Japanese racing game. Imagine if it was a visual novel. Yeah, maybe he's bluffing. Could be yeah. bluffing. Yeah. One of the ones with yeah. one of the titles should, that are like really hard to pronounce. <laughs> should, should we ask? Should we? I mean, ultimately, if he if he says yes to this question, I can probably narrow it down to about five games already. But should we ask if it's a, a, a racing game? 
Yeah. Mm. Is it a racing game, James? I think you know me so well. No, it is not a racing game. Okay. Uh, I th- I think we should try and pin down the territory. Yeah, uh, do we yeah. do? Yeah. 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 Um, American. It's going to be American, isn't it? It's going to be because there wasn't many pal. Wait, is it in a? Is it a uh, US exclusive, James? No. Oh. What? What? How I many mean, are we on now? Six, isn't it? Five. That's four, I think. Is that, that is. That's the fourth. Yeah. Should, should we? I think we should. We think we need to narrow it down, don't we? Because I mean, yeah. If we get like, if it's the thing is, he says Japanese exclusive, we've got what three hundred to pick from. If it's a PAL exclusive, it's a bit easier. Yeah. I mean, surely the question should be: Is yeah. it a PAL exclusive, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, ask it, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Is it a PAL exclusive, James? Yes. Okay. Oh, right. we're I, we're in it, lads. We it's only about ten. Um, <laughs> where's my where's my guide? Where's my guide? Damn it. No well, guide. That, no cheating. No <laughs> cheating. Um, <laughs> would you like something like a sports game be? Kind of a palex. I'm trying to think of the things uh, yeah, that would be pal exclusive. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah there that. is. Sega Warrior Soccer was exclusive. Giants, um, giant killers. Yeah. Giant killers. I don't think um, James is a massive football fan, though. Would he have a football manager game? So he said it's not a racer, so it's not Taxi 2. No. Um, it's not Monaco Online. No. Well, yeah, the pal exclusives. So um, you've got. Uh, you've got. Headhunter. Yeah, you got headhunter. Oh, that's a good show. That's a good show. Did that come? That came out in Japan, did it not? No. No. Wow, I didn't realise that. Pal exclusive. Mm. It's only because you're only looking at a few sports games. Um, and Toy Racer. It's a race. Can I just ask you, why is the question if I'd have it? Because you put it in front of you. And on the screen, I meant. Oh come! Well, well, it doesn't matter either. Way, <laughs> um, I mean, I can I can only think of a, a few. Come on, ask some questions. Stop trying to work um, it out and ask some questions. Let, let's, is it Headhunter? You if you ask what game it is and it's wrong, then the game's over. I've told oh, you it's oh, oh, Hold your horses, okay. Laws. I, I think we should ask if it's, a, if it's a sports game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it a sports game? No. Okay. It's got to be Headhunter, surely. Um, Not sports. Not racer. Maybe narrow down the genre again before... Going in with yeah. I don't think I don't think there's any other games apart from sports games and racing games. I can't think of any other more pal exclusives. Uh, Super Invaders was an American pal. Um, there definitely are some. Um, I can't. There's not many pal exclusives. Not solely pal exclusives. Planet Ring. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, possibly. Planet Ring. Um, and you got like the. Was it the Pinball, Pro Pinball Trilogy? Oh, uh, yeah, Pro Pinball yeah, Trilogy, yeah. yeah. Evil yeah. Twin as well. Evil, Evil Twin. Uh, yeah, no, damn it, okay. Mo- Moho as well. Moho, yeah. Was, Can- was, um, was Conflict Zone as well? Was that exclusive? No, America as well. Yeah, because it's oh, got okay. a weird cover in America, hasn't it? Yeah. It sticks in my mind. You've got loads of questions left, guys. Should we ask whether it's... Um, whether it's... Ooh, how do we narrow down the genre? That's the problem. Um, An action adventure game. Yes, action would be like Headhunter <laughs> and I don't know. Would Moho be an action game? Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, every game's a get an action game, isn't it? Um, Was it? Well, we could ask years, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could do. Yeah. Or we could ask whether it's a Sega published game. Yeah. 
do it. Because that would know we're down to Planet Ring and Headhunter, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. I think. Is it a Sega published game, James? No. Okay. This is not Headhunter, it's not Planet Ring. Uh, Moho isn't published by Sega. No. Evil Twin isn't. No. Um, isn't Evil Twin published by something called In Utero, which is like a Nirvana album? It's the developer, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Big Ben. Oh. I think Big Ben. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that. Big Ben. Um, yeah, it's going to be Evil oh, Aqua GT. It could be. It's not a racing game. No. It's not, it's not a racing game. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire as well? Yeah. Was that? I don't know if that was published by Sega. Though. No, it's published by Eidos. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, ooh. What? Was should we it... say oh, I think we should we've got loads of questions haven't we we've got like 12 questions should we do some years the thing is are we going to know are we going to know that without cheating are we going to know what year um I mean I know that like <laughs> I know that some of them were late Evil Twin was late wasn't yeah, it that true. was 2002 you could say um, it was the developer X because we know who Evil Twin's developer is I don't or we could go for sort of genre or style of like things like, is it a horror game or is it because that would narrow it yeah, down yeah that's true yeah. um trying to think there's only one horror game I can think of which is exclusive oh how know. about does it have does it have uh, two how many is it a single single word two word three word title no that's yeah. that's rubbish that's not using <laughs> skill that's not using skill <laughs> Sure, I, I reckon. I reckon. I reckon we're down to. I reckon we're down to four, which is going to be either Evil Twin, Moho. Um, I've forgotten the other two. Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? And there was another one on my head, and I can't remember what it is. Uh, Pla- oh, no, it wasn't Planet Ring, was it? No, a Pro Pinball. Trilogy? Pro Pinball, yeah, that's the one. Uh, should we ask whether it's? Should we ask if it's a horror game? Yeah. Horror themed. James, is it a horror themed game? No. Okay. So, not Evil Twin. Not that was no. that was your eighth question. So we're down to Pro Pinball. I think. I mean, obviously, could not be Pro Pinball Moho. Um, is it valuable? But <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, a good you, one. That's a good show. Yeah, you'd have to put a price because it's yes or no. You'd have to say, is it worth more than? X amount. I mean, Pro Pimble's worth what? Pro Pimble's put out £15 at the current time. Moho's, what, some ridiculous £250 price. And what's the other one, do we say? Um, Who wants to be a millionaire? That's like a... Which is a super cheap, yeah. Yeah, so should we say whether it's it costs more than... costs more than uh, it did when it was released? Yeah, that's... Uh, that would narrow it down. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, uh, James would have to know the James original might not release know. prices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pro, yeah. Pro Pinball goes for less than less than forty. Yeah, um, okay, okay. I mean, I, don't, I know, yeah. I know the original price. Just cool. For okay, okay. Yeah, do that with the mo. The like, is it worth more? Yeah, you you do it, Mike. I, I, <laughs> is it is it is it now valued on the secondary market at a higher price point than when it was originally released? No. It's going to be Who Wants Millionaire, isn't it? It's going to be the ultimate anticlimax to this entire quiz. It's going to be the damn Chris Tarrant staring back at my face. <laughs> um, Are you sure that didn't release in the States as well? No, it didn't release no. in the States. They, they released Who Wants to Beat Up a Millionaire. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think if we ask if it's a quiz game, I think we're going to know the answer, aren't we? 
James, is it a quiz game? Yes. Oh. I mean, I mean, James's quest to find a game to have an answer as, which is worse than Spirit of Speed, and he's found one, which is quite impressive. <laughs> Anyone sure that's the only quiz game on Pal? I'm trying to think. There's nothing else, is there? Safe Park, uh, Chef, Fingers. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any of the quiz games. Uh, um, who wants to, Who wants to ask the ultimate question? <laughs> not me. <laughs> is that your final answer, <laughs> <laughs> James? Is it Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? It is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah! Well done. That was ten questions you got that in. I, in hindsight, I didn't really think enough about the fact it was PAL exclusive and how much that would narrow it down. Because I thought you'd really struggle with that. But that, then, yeah, of course, it's that's PAL like exclusive. The one game, like, you know, if you go into like cash converters, there's always a copy of Who Wants yeah. to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> I remember that game was like, it did so well in the charts when it came out because like <laughs> that program was so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so popular, and I think all the parents were buying it just to play in the. There was that um, big scandal, wasn't there? Where there was people planted in the audience, yeah. like coughing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there was like that one lady who was like, uh, who won, and it was like, oh, this lady's finally won. Who wants to be a millionaire? And it was like a big deal. Yeah, that was yeah. A good all program, the US, all the US folks, you you have to you'll have to look this up, dude. Go on YouTube and look up like a best of, you know. It'll be, uh, make for a fascinating evening for you. Look up the Coffin Major. The Coffin yes. Major, that's it. Released in 2000 in the UK and 2001 in France. PAL exclusive, published by EDOS, as Mike alluded to. Um, and it reviewed, reviewed terribly. Um, <laughs> you'd be unsurprised to hear. So yes, it was uh, an, a forgettable part of Dreamcast history. But well done, guys. We'll have to try harder for the next one to try and catch you catch you out again i've never actually played this does it is it literally just who wants to be a millionaire (laughs) yeah Yeah, it is it is literally as well the the most like it is the most like half-assed effort at a game as well like there's you can save you can enter your name but that's about it like there's there's literally no nothing saves to your it doesn't save high scores or anything to a vmu um it's literally like a dvd you know, like yeah, type yeah, game yeah. where yeah. you play it. Um, and the most stupidest thing is it's got like a, um, an ask the, uh, sorry, it's obviously got all the lifelines and the phone a friend are all these like pre-recorded um, yeah. thing. And the, the friend always either doesn't know or gets it wrong, <laughs> wrong. every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I was actually playing it before we came on and I, I phoned a friend on like the £4,000 question and it, they, she didn't have a clue. That's so funny. That's realistic. That's just yeah, it's true. So I was going to say, true. like, how could you like have a bad review of a game that is a that? But yeah, it sounds pretty funny. Actually, I might get it. <laughs> I think I'd be pretty pissed if I spent thirty quid on it. I mean, it's it's. Yeah. I'd say pick it up for a fiver now, just to literally play through the questions. But for thirty quid, you'd be gutted yeah. if if you mm. you'd spent that much money on it. There's not a massive amount of questions either. No. It's a thousand, I think. A thousand yeah. from the the same archives as the like the actual ones, apparently. I I got I got it for a fiver uh, from a from a dodgy bloke at my dad's work. He used to bring in lists of 
lists of uh, PS1 games that he'd sell you pirated ones. So um, we all we yeah. all knew someone like that. There was yeah. a guy in my school that did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it didn't matter. I'd pick up lots of rubbish games in there. It was only a fighter. So there you go. Do I, I tell you one more thing on it before we wrap up? Is that I was reading the manual earlier, and um, it said something along the lines of. Um, yeah, here we go. Unfortunately, the box this disc came in won't hold one million pounds, so we've given you the next best thing, <laughs> which apparently is a virtual million and a game that will have you shouting answers at your television. Now, I could probably think of a number of next best things to a million pounds, the first of which being 999,999 pounds. But, you know, apparently playing, playing the game is the next best thing. Right, that's enough for this show, guys. Um, Lewis, Mike Laws, thank you for joining us. Um, don't forget to check out the dreamcastjunkyard.co.uk for all the latest Dreamcast news. You can follow us on Twitter slash X um, at the DC Junkyard. And if you are so inclined to throw us a few pounds to refresh our VMU batteries, uh, then you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash DC Junkyard. Lewis, where can we people find you? Uh, you can find me on X at Lewis JFC. Nice emphasis on the X there. X, yeah. Mike? Yeah, I'm, I refuse to say that, that letter. Um, uh, I am on Twitter uh, at Dreamcast Picks. Um, I have some news, obviously, with the, uh, the guide being put on there uh, regularly. Fantastic. And Lars? Uh, you can find me on just just look me up on the Dreamcast Junkyard website. Um, there we that's go. the best place, I think. If not, he'll be in some online lobby somewhere in some game. Yeah, or come um, down the pub. Just yep. you know, any pub. Just go in I'll pub and shout Lars and <laughs> see you there. Uh, you can find me on uh, on Twitter or the artist formerly known as Twitter um, <laughs> at Agile Harvey, where I ramble about motorsports and old gamers games and things like that thank you everybody it's been a great show hope you enjoyed and we shall see you on the next one on a hi-fi or other audio equipment can cause serious damage to its speakers. Please stop this disc now. 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 now.